Welcome to ESA Explores, an official podcast of the European Space Agency. You're listening to our Beyond series. In this series, we take you behind the scenes of ESA astronaut Luca Parmitano's second mission to the International Space Station. I'm Stephen Ennis, and today I'm joined by my co-host, Ali Kohler. Let's go beyond. Luca's launch campaign is in full swing, so earlier this month, Ali caught up with Roma Charles, the head of ESA's crew support team, and an old hand when it comes to launch campaigns. That's right, Stephen. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say Roma has one of the most varied jobs around. As it turns out, ESA's crew support team has a lot to do when it comes to smoothing the way for an astronaut's launch. But don't take it from us. Here's Roma describing his role and highlights of the launch day process. My role as crew support engineer is to facilitate the daily life of the astronauts so that they can focus on their missions. And it's plenty of little things. It goes from space food to um, organizing the communications between the family and the astronaut while they are in space. And there is a part about uh, accompanying the astronaut or the family to Baikonur during launch campaigns too. That sounds like it would be a really interesting and diverse role. What exactly do you do when you accompany an astronaut on a launch campaign? Um, so usually we are two, we are a team uh, in crew support and we have one of us is going with the astronaut through the whole um, quarantine period and for this launch campaign. So it's two weeks in Baikonur preparing for the launch. And another crew support person will be with the family and making sure that everything is going smoothly. Um, the purpose behind that is that the astronaut will be um, maybe not overwhelmed, but will have many things to, to take care of just before leaving the Earth for six months. A few days before the launch, the whole family, so the persons closest to him are coming. Wonderful. Uh, but this isn't your first launch campaign, is it? This campaign with Luca. And uh, this campaign with Luca will uh, will be my tenth launch from Baikonur, so I'm quite uh, lucky in this aspect. And there are some quite interesting things that happen in the lead up to a launch, aren't there? Well, the first tradition that happens during a, a launch campaign with a Soyuz rocket is. Usually three or four days before the launch, the, the rocket that will bring the astronauts to space is assembled and is brought to the launch pad. And there is a tradition, um, the urban legend says that Sergei Korolev, um, when he prepared the first launch to space, uh, came back from some night working or partying, I don't know, but saw the, the sun rise at seven in the morning and said, it's a good time, called all the engineers, it's time to bring the rocket to the launch pad. And since that day, the rollout is always at the same time in the morning, so early morning, the rocket is brought to the launch pad and we are invited to see this event. And it's an important one because it's the first time that it becomes real for all the, the guests, all the, the family members in particular, they see in front of them and at some point you are just two meters away from the rocket. So you, you can you cannot touch it, but you can really sit up close and, and the whole mission becomes real. But that's not something the crew can witness, is it? Um, the crew is not allowed to witness the rollout of their own rocket. 
but the backup crew can see it. So you never, as a crew member, you never see the route of your own rocket, but you always see at least one before that. Right, so they know what's going on, but in the meantime, they're having a haircut, is that right? That's right. They are in the quarantine area, and it's the last time for them to have a haircut with a professional <laughs> until they come back from their mission. Have you ever had a haircut in quarantine? Actually, I did. <laughs> I was in quarantine for the launch of Paolo Nespoli two years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, and I took the opportunity to have a haircut in quarantine in Baikonur. Wow, that's not something everybody can experience. <laughs> <laughs> no. It was a very normal one, uh, but still. Still not something everyone can say. And so on the day of the launch itself, what what sorts of things will be happening for Luca and, and for yourself then? The launch day starts six hours before the launch itself. Well, often for most of the people, it starts earlier than that. But officially, it's roughly six hours before the launch. That's when um, the crew, a few officials and the spouse of the crew members are invited to a small room for a final uh, toast to to the mission. Um, Right after that, this small toast, which is usually done in one of the rooms of the crew members, they exit their room and they sign their door. It's one of the traditions and it's not the last one. Once this, the door is signed, they go in a, um, through a corridor and arrive in a bigger room, um, a hall, and there a priest is waiting for them, an Orthodox priest, and they, um, they re- receive a blessing uh, as crew members. If they want, they can, some, some crews ask not to have the blessing, but um, most crews do it. And it's quite impressive. And, and there is, I think, I don't know if it's a, a game or what, but the blessing and the priest in particular, it's always the same priest coming from Moscow all the way to Baikonur. He's quite um, heavy on the blessed water. <laughs> so, so yeah, usually a few towels are there for the, for the crew members. Once this is done, the family members who were there uh, for the blessing and for the uh, toast before, they disappear. And there you have to imagine uh, you are in quarantine area and there is this cosmonaut hotel where the astronauts, the crew members are. There is a small park in front of this hotel, uh, so a small yeah, pathway. And at the end of this pathway are two buses. And all around are plenty of people, tourists and, um, and family members and, and friends and um, colleagues. All the people who went to Baikonur for lunch are there. This is the first big event for all the ones who are not crew members or spouses. Um, this is the first time they will see the crew members on the launch day. So plenty of people. The astronauts arrive in this uh, at the door of the Cosmot Hotel, and just before walking out, there is big music, loud music. Trava Udoma is the title of this music. Always the same music, and always just before the astronauts step out of the Cosmot Hotel, you can see here the the um, the first um, notes and the first um, lyrics of Trava Udoma, uh, which means grass around the house. And the astronaut will walk 
this pathway, say hello to everybody, wave at everybody, and enter their bus. And the family members who had disappeared are there close to the bus. And as soon as the doors of the bus are closed with the astronauts inside, uh, the family member try to reach and, um, and touch the glass, uh, the window of the bus where the astronaut, where their astronaut is. Like in five minutes, this is done and the bus will just go because, you know, there is a rocket which is supposed to launch in, uh, in a few hours and there are a lot of things happening in between. So the family uh, waves goodbye for the first time on the launch day to the astronauts and the astronauts disappear. They will go to get suited up. So this is where they will uh, put on their so-called suit. And they will wear this so-called suit and once they wear it, they will have to test that they correctly put it on. So they will have a leak check. And uh, the immediate family, spouse and kids, will be there to witness this leak check and will have a second opportunity to talk to the astronaut. This leak check of the so-called suit is um, a strange moment. Um, a bit of an emotional moment? It is, it is an emotional moment, but not the most emotional one. Once this is done, the, when the leak check is done and the family could talk a little bit with the astronauts, they will disappear and the family will get out of the building. And there they arrive in a courtyard and you have two buses, the same two buses, um, which will be close to the, the family. Uh, then close to those two buses, you have uh, three corridors where the astronauts will walk um, a few minutes later to reach the, um, the, the officials. Uh, who are there, usually the chief designer of the capsule, which will bring them uh, to space, and uh, some Roscosmos official. Um, and on the other side of this corridor are everybody else. So all the friends and the colleagues and tourists too are behind. And once again, they have been waiting for half an hour and the family arrives and then a door opens. The three crew members will exit, will walk this corridor, will wave and say a few words to the official and then will enter the bus. So once again, just in a few minutes, everything is done. And um, the immediate family, the spouse, will once again put their hand on the window of the bus. And that's actually the last time they see each other for real before seeing each other through cameras once the astronaut is in space. So once this is done in this building 254, the astronaut, they go to the launch pad and they enter their rocket and then they go to space. For the family, there are still a lot of things happening. So the tradition is that we have two hours and a half left before the launch, roughly. Um, so there are two main things happening for the family. First one, well, eating. It's important to eat, so there is a meal which is prepared. And the second part is to visit the museum of the Baikonur Cosmodrome. Once they have visited the museum and ate um, a good meal, we all go to the launch viewing site. And this is the most emotional moment. This is the moment where everything that has been building up, all those emotions, when they come rushing. And so it's a very, uh, very important moment. Um, 
if you want to imagine it, you have plenty of people. We are just 1.5, 1.6 kilometers away from the rocket. There is a small hill, so you see mainly the top of the rocket, and it says like well, it doesn't look that big from far away. It's a little rocket, but you imagine that the astronauts they are just on this little part on top of it, and they are about to go to space, and and you are just waiting, and you have the whole sequence, and you can hear uh, the ground controller on the on the loudspeakers speaking in Russian, and then there is ignition. So you can see some light around the rocket, uh, but not lift off, and lift off yet. And then there is lift off, and then you have this rocket going up, and you can see the flame, and and the flame is as big as the rocket, and you see it's it's not far away, so so it, it's close. Huh? You, and 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 then you have the sound coming to you, so you can feel it in your in your body. This sound which is vibrating. watched um, launches on screens and, and the first launch that I saw, which was actually Lucas' launch, the last one, it really took me aback. Like, I didn't expect something like that. Actually, each time you see something slightly different, you discover something different. And it's very personal because everybody experiences a launch in a different way. That's why I like to ask, how was it for you? What did you notice? What was it? impressive for you soon after the launch so you see the rocket and you just experience it you, you, you absorb everything and then you wait the rocket has already disappeared but I tell them wait they are not yet in orbit so let's uh, let's wait and we have the loudspeaker giving some numbers and at some point eight minutes and 48 seconds later this is when we hear uh, orbit insertion and this is when we allow ourselves to applaud and to cheer and um, to be happy the astronaut is in space. After so many years of training, this is when all those emotions are really uh, visible. All right. Well, that sounds like a good note to end on. Thanks so much, Roma, for Thank taking you. the time to talk us through launch day traditions. It was so good to hear from Roma and get a glimpse behind the scenes of a launch from the perspective of someone there to support the crew and their family. We tend to hear a lot about the flashy moments, so it was particularly interesting to find out about some of the more simple but important practicalities, like getting a haircut in quarantine. Well, it's very relevant right now, because as we are recording in early July of 2019, Luca is currently in quarantine in Baikonur. We expect that Luca might skip that quarantine haircut. However, for things he certainly won't skip, here is Luca filling us in on some important pre-launch activities, starting about two to three weeks before launch. Usually the crew celebrates with the instructors with a little party. 
It's not very big, but it's very important to, to be there, to be present. It's almost, uh, it's a, almost a family. We've been training with the same instructors and we have done a lot of exams with them and lessons. So there's usually about 30 people uh, at this, this tiny party and the cosmonauts and astronauts pay for dinner and drinks um, just as a, as a thank you. After that, the next, basically the next day, there is the first of the visible ceremonies. It's when you go into this room called the White Room in GCTC, the Gagarin Training Center. There is a very formal commission made up of Russian officers that are involved in space flight. And they go through all the training that we have received. They uh, analyze the scores that you got, you know, the different exams. And then at the end of that, they qualify you for flight. They declare you officially qualified for flight or not. And, uh, and, and that's the same for the backup crew as well. Then there is a traditional uh, visit at the museum in Star City where Yuri Gagarin had his office and you sign a book on Yuri Gagarin's desk, sitting on Yuri Gagarin's chair, I suppose. And then after that, you go downtown Moscow uh, in Red Square and you go pay homage to the tombs of uh, Yuri Gagarin and some other cosmonauts, and in general also Karalyov, the chief designer of the Soyuz and the, the space program in Russia back in the days. That is, that is the end of this section of traditions, other than some uh, you know, pictures and stuff like that. But then about a week later, maybe five days later, there is another interesting tradition, is a breakfast. It is interesting or odd, as you would say, because it's a breakfast where nobody eats. So again, it's paid for by the cosmonauts and the astronauts that finished the exam and already they're getting ready to leave to Baikonur to the Cosmodrome. And all the, you know, most of the cosmonauts will be present, as many astronauts as possible. And everybody's standing around. We give a lot of toasts to the crew, to the backup crew, to their families, to the instructors. Everybody tries to say something nice, something memorable and meaningful. And nobody eats. Most people will drink, but nobody eats. And the reason why we don't eat is that later on that day, we are saying our last physical goodbyes to our families and friends. We hug them. We know we're gonna see them, but on the other side of a separating mirror, it is the start of the quarantine, the official start of the quarantine. And so that, those are the last hugs. After that, we're going to get on the airplanes and the breakfast that nobody ate is gonna be served on the airplane on our way to Baikonur. And then once we are in Baikonur, there are some traditions that you, you could say are really part of the training, but it feels like a tradition that brings you closer to the flight. Each step brings you closer to the flight. There is a, something called the Primierka. It is a measurement. You go into your spacecraft for the very first time and you, you check some of the systems, you check the way the layout works out. If you want to add some Velcro, if you want to add uh, some padding somewhere, just, just in case, you know, you verify everything. A every spacecraft is different, it's, it's built for you and your crew. So you have, you have a chance to actually verify that some of the things that you would like are, are ready. And, and, and you can ask questions and ask for little modifications, like put a piece of tape here, a piece of Velcro here. Last time, there was a, it was a big deal to have space and a way to lock in place your procedures your flight books but now we have the flight books only as a backup so we don't really use them during the during the flight because we use tablets it's really changed I, i'm i have an idea of what i want to do how i want to fly 
my tablet, I want to position it, I want to attach it to myself, but it's going to be a new experience for me. The good thing, and I hope it's a good thing, is that as a test pilot, my specialty was, was integration and ergonomics. So I already asked permission to the main, to the chief designer for some personal adjustments on how I want to fly the tablet, what kind of tools I want to use with the tablet. So far, they've been very happy to accommodate for me. But those, even though those are not traditions, they feel like traditional steps. Everything gets us closer and closer to the flight. Getting to see both sides of a launch campaign has been really eye-opening for me. It's especially interesting to hear the razor-sharp focus of Luca on the necessary preparations to make it to launch. All of this being facilitated by Roma and other support team members. Yeah, it was fun to hear about both sides of the coin. Or the rocket, as it were. And don't forget, if you're listening to this before the 20th of July, you can tune into ESA TV for live coverage of the launch. Of course, if you're listening afterwards, you can still catch up. Video replays will be available online after the big day. So, important question for you, Ali. Where will you be during launch? I'll actually be right here, watching closely from Cologne, Germany, where we'll be working to bring you updates at each stage on Twitter at ESA Spaceflight, via the website, and on ESA's Facebook page. Thank you for listening to the ESA Explores Beyond series. Hopefully you enjoyed hearing from Luca and Roma. In the next episode of the Beyond series, we're going to cover some of the upcoming science activities during Luca's mission. This podcast is brought to you by the European Space Agency. You can learn more about Luca and his Beyond mission at lucaparmitano.isa.int. Tweet your questions or thoughts to at ESA Spaceflight using the hashtag ESA Explores. And of course, hit that subscribe button to stay up to date. Thank you for listening and stay tuned.